Welcome to today's Critique Podcast. My name's Todd Fraser. With the increased attention of researchers focused on fluid administration in critically ill patients, evidence is hinting at the potentially toxic effect of chloride. At the forefront of this research is Dr Ronaldo Belomo from the Austin Hospital in Melbourne's East, and he joins me on the podcast today. Thanks very much for joining me today. No problem, a pleasure. Now, there's obviously been a lot of interest recently in the harms of chloride. What are the potential harms of chloride administration? At the moment, the potential harms that we are aware of relate to biochemical disorders, which are hyperchloremic acidosis or low strong iron difference acidosis and the possibility of decreased kidney function. How does this manifest um, clinically, the, the issues with renal function? What, what are the sorts of things that you're seeing in your research? So there, there have been three lines of um, evidence to support the view that chloride-rich solutions uh, can cause kidney dysfunction. The first line of evidence is uh, human volunteer studies, which are of high-level evidence. They are double-blinded, randomized, and crossover. And they show that giving chloride-rich fluids compared to the same amount of volume of a balanced solution is associated with a decreased urinary output, uh, delayed time to micturition, and decreased cortical perfusion or magnetic resonance uh, assessment. And the second line of evidence are, is related to observational data from uh, large uh, databases of uh, fluid administration during surgery from Duke University associating the use of saline compared to the use of plasmalite, which is a balanced solution with a physiologic concentration of chloride, with increased risks of acute kidney injury and uh, requiring dialysis. And the third line of evidence is a before and after interventional comparative study where here at the Austin Hospital we removed chloride-rich fluids and substituted them with chloride physiologic or chloride-poor fluids and we found that the change was associated with a decreased incidence of acute kidney injury. What are the potential mechanisms that explain this, if it exists? Um, what, are the, what are the mechanisms that are believed to be in action? Um, the major mechanism that is proposed on the basis of experimental animal data and on the basis of the observational data uh, in the control studies in human beings where renal perfusion to the cortex was measured by MRI based arterial spin labeling techniques is that there is a decreased renal blood flow and renal vasoconstriction. 
Now, then you're going to ask me why is there decreased renal blood flow and renal vasoconstriction when you give a chloride-rich solution? There are two uh, lines of potential explanation in animal experiments. One is that chloride administration may increase the sensitivity of the afferent arteriole to the vasoconstrictive effect of thromboxane. And the other one is that um, the administration of chloride may deliver a large amount of chloride to the tubules and then in particular to the loop of Henle. And the chloride load would then activate the macula densa, which is a sensor for chloride, which in turn would respond to it by inducing vasoconstriction of the afferent arteriole. Whether these things happen in man as they happen in animals remains unknown. You mentioned the study that you did at the Austin. Can you tell us a bit more about that study and, and what the findings were? Yeah, so we hypothesized that if we were able to remove chloride-rich solutions, we would decrease the incidence of hyperchloremic acidosis we would decrease the incidence of metabolic acidosis, we would decrease the incidence of acidemia, and we might have an effect on kidney function. And so what we did is we uh, allowed practice to proceed unimpeded uh, as uh, it was, and without telling anyone at all, we collected data on uh, choice of fluids, amounts of fluids given, changes in our arterial blood gases, biochemistry, and so on and so forth, and of course changes in serum creatinine over time um, during such treatment. Then we, uh, after six months of that, uh, we collected data in almost 800 patients, and then we proceeded to uh, begin an education process to inform people that we would be planning to remove chloride-rich solutions. We explained why we would do that. We did in-services discussions so that everybody would be comfortable with that. Then we organized with pharmacy to remove uh, chloride-rich fluids from the intensive care unit. So uh, gelofusin, which is chloride-rich, was removed. Uh, Normal saline, which is chloride-rich, was removed. 4% 4% albumin, which is chloride-rich, was slowly uh, swapped for 20% albumin, which is chloride-poor. And these fluids were then substituted with either Hartman's solution, plasmalite, or as I said, 20% albumin. And then for a six-month period, we looked at the consumption of fluid, the amounts of fluids, what fluids were used, and, of course, the biochemical changes and the changes in uh, acute kidney injury over time for a period of six months. So we had approximately 800 patients on each side. And doing that, we found that by uh, restricting the use of chloride-rich fluids, uh, the serum chloride was significantly decreased, the metabolic acidosis incidence was significantly decreased, the degree of acidemia was significantly decreased, and the um, acute kidney injury incidence uh, and the need for renal replacement therapy were both decreased. 
Are there any other potential explanations other than the chloride from the study that you've performed? Absolutely. There are a myriad of other explanations. Uh, for example, uh, people were aware there was a change in practice, people were being watched, uh, they were aware now after the change that we were collecting data, they might have tried harder, they might have tried uh, in a different way, they might have paid more attention to patients, they might have paid more attention to acid-based disorders, they might have paid more attention to fluid balance, uh, they might have paid more attention to preserving and protecting the kidneys, so it could easily be a Hawthorne effect. Uh, it could be that it's got nothing to do with chloride, but that gelatin is nephrotoxic, and by removing gelatin-containing uh, solutions, we just protected the kidney by removing a nephrotoxin. It could be that because we gave Hartman solution, which is rich in lactate, the extra amount of lactate given was metabolically protective to the kidney, and so that's why it happened. It could be that because we gave more 20% albumin, we improved the degree of intravascular uh, fluid status and decreased the degree of uh, peripheral edema, which might have helped the kidney function. And these are just only some of the potential explanations or any combination of the ones that I've given you plus other ones that we can't think of. Are there other trials that support these conclusions that are pointing you in the same direction that chloride might be responsible? No direct trials, not at this time. There are only, as I said, the observational data in human beings, placebo-controlled, showing that giving chloride-rich solutions like saline decreases renal blood flow, and the observational data from Duke University showing that people treated with saline in the uh, operative and post-operative period are also more likely to develop acute kidney injury compared to patients treated with plasma life but no trial, no randomised controlled trials, no. Um, large volume uh, resuscitation with normal saline has been associated with many years with an acidosis and with yeah. renal dysfunction itself. Is it possible to, to tease out whether it's the acidosis or the chloride that's causing the problems? Well, theoretically you could do it by mixing it with bicarbonate, but practically... The answer is no. I think, you know, the two of them come together. Chloride is an acidifying anion, and if you give chloride, you're going to get a metabolic acidosis as well as a hypochloremia, as well as a chloride load. So I don't think anyone will ever really be able to separate the two. But in a sense, it kind of doesn't matter. The question that is crucial is, does giving chloride-rich fluids instead of balanced solutions lead to clinically meaningful adverse events? such as acute kidney injury, and we don't really know the answer. I mean, the study that we did at the Austin is a pilot investigation which has some suggestive evidence, but of course is not nearly good enough to prove that we should not use saline. So there's clearly enough of a signal now to be concerned about the issue. What's the next step in sorting all of this out? Yeah, so the next step is a program called SPLIT, which uh, is going to be taking place next year. And SPLIT stands for Saline versus Plasma Light uh, Trial. And uh, what it is actually is a program of investigations comparing saline to plasma light for crystalloid therapy. And it's a program that involves four different trials. First is uh, a pilot multi-center 
traditional double-blind, randomized, controlled uh, phase two study to compare uh, resuscitation with plasma light versus resuscitation with saline in ICU patients. The second trial is um, a surgical trial uh, where we will, at the Austin Hospital, obtain data from uh, a blinded uh, crossover uh, before and after intervention. What we will do is for a period of three months, all of the patients having surgery will have a blinded fluid before, during, and after major surgery, uh, which will either be plasmalite or saline, and which will be labeled Surgilite, and no one will know what it is. And then after three months, we will swap over to the other fluid, also blinded, which could be saline or plasmalite, and we'll do the same for three months, and we will look at the biochemical, kidney injury, outcome-related events. The third one is a before and after study in New Zealand at Wellington Hospital, where we will look at the emergency department uh, where all resuscitation is currently undertaken with saline and we will remove saline from the emergency department and replace it with plasma light and we will look at the changes in kidney function, biochemistry and so on and so forth. And the final trial is a randomized cluster double crossover study where four units in New Zealand will give um, blinded fluid, which will either be plasmalite or saline, to all of the patients in ICU for seven weeks. And then they will cross over to the other fluid for another seven weeks. And then they will cross back to the other fluid for another seven weeks. And then they will cross back again for another, another seven weeks. And of course, they'll be looking at the usual outcomes such as acidosis, kidney function, and so on and so forth. The expectation is that those four trials will all be done next year, and we should have the results by 2015. Depending on what they show, we will take it from there. We look forward to a few more pieces of the puzzle of uh, yeah, fluid administration be becoming available. Yeah. Not a problem. Wonderful. Thanks very much for your okay, time. Okay, take care. No worries. Bye. 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 If you enjoyed today's podcast, why not check out our websites, Critique and Crit Nurse? Our websites are leading providers of online critical care education and include podcasts, journal clubs, online presentations, modules and much, much more. You can also join our free blog to help you stay up to date. Our websites are found at www crit-iq.com and www.crit-nurse.com You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter or visit us at the iTunes store. While you're there, check out our data interpretation and CT interpretation apps. Critique, making critical care education easier.